Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. Real quick, I just want to mention um, the SobertownPodcast.com website. We've got, we're working on building an education center with all of the amazing tools that, that uh, Todd in Australia has been building. Um, we've got the sobriety toolbox, your body on booze, sobriety discussions, and all that is going to be into like an education center on soberdownpodcast.com. I want to mention IAS, where I got sober, the I Am Sober app, or other, almost everybody that that has contributed to Sobertown has gotten sober. And then a new community, boom, rethink before you drink. And this morning, I have Lisa G. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. And you knew my brother. Yes, yes. I've known him since 1988. <laughs> That's a long time. Yep, yep. And I got sober. Yep. So you got sober before your husband, right? Um, well, we kind of got sober together, but he relapsed. So I got sober in 1988. And um, it, and I'm going to say God a lot. Um, That's fine. I did not. Okay. I did not have a conception of God. I did not know I was now alcoholic. Um, I was 20 years old. And one, you know, I just got sober by a, a man coming in the bar drinking coffee, listening to uh, Harris, a uh, jazz player. And I was two fisted drunk, you know, and he said, do you mind if a if I have a woman talk to you, I said, no, I don't care at all. So um, she called me, name was Michelle. She called me the next day and she's still sober. Um, and she said, do you mind if I, you know, you want me to pick you up for a meeting? I did not know it was AA. So I came in. Uh, so your brother and other people came in in NA. And I came in in AA, not even knowing it was AA. But she picked me up. Uh, we went to Albertsons, got donuts, then went into the 7 a.m. meeting in Boise, Idaho, when it was at Bannock. And I cried. I felt family. I felt love. I couldn't understand it. But I cried. I heard what I needed to hear. So I, cr- I cried at every meeting. And... Either two weeks or two months, she uh, called up her sponsor and said, why do I got to keep on picking up this woman? She's not going to get it. And her sponsor said, well, you're so aren't you? That's what we do. We help others. And so um, I got a sponsor. I did not know, uh, you know anything about sponsorship, but her second, her best friend next to her said, do you think you're an alcoholic? And I'm like, I don't know. And she goes, go to the bar room, have two drinks and walk away. And then here, I knew I, it was like a quicksand. And I was sinking. I could not do that. I was unable to do that. So so you tried it? Did you try that? Uh, tell you truth, I'm still sober from that day, yes. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so I have 33 years. 
Boom. They had three years sobriety. And um, I say God thing all the time because I didn't want to get sober. When I walked into my sponsor's house to meet her the first time, I said, how do I get my head to shut up? And she said, just do what's put in front of you. And for 33 years, that's what I've done. And um, I've had no, and then I had three months sober. I walked into, and it's only uh, God that gave me the desperation. Um, Because my mind always said that, oh, I can drink again, you know, or I'm too young, or I didn't go to jail yet, or I didn't go to the institution yet, but I was enabled. So every time I got pulled over from a cop, my dad would give him the beer and I'm good, you know. But yeah, so I got sober in, on April 10th, 1988. And, um, and yeah, and it's just the grace that, kept me in here, the desperation. Uh, when I had three months sober, I went to a meeting called the Grapevine Club in Boise, Idaho. And that's not there anymore. But this guy named, um, can't think of his name right now. But anyway, he's an old timer. And I lots of people in the Grapevine meeting and they called on me and I said, I'm Lisa, I'm an alcoholic and I don't know shit. The old timers came to me after a meeting and said, you might make it then, you know, <laughs> and, um, oh, Barry, Barry was his name, Barry W. And so we went and had lunch and he showed, showed me all of the archives of when he met Bill W. Um, and Bill W. and Dr. Bob, the founders of AA. And I'm very grateful um, because they told me in the very beginning that uh, what we call the Alcoholics Anonymous book was, you know, is the only defense. And for me, that has come true. You know, everybody else can, you know, they can do other programs that makes them be helpful to others. And for me, it was AA. Um, a and the big book, what we call the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous book. And Barry W. told me to get in service. And I'm 20 years old. I'm like, no way. But slowly, so for me, for 33 years, I have to do the package to get this to not be, you know, uh, crazy bitch, you know. Um, and, and I always called myself a psycho bitch. Because without sobriety and without uh, the principles in all my life, um, I would be psycho. No, well, I, I, I heard you were kind of a rascal before you got <laughs> sober, weren't you? Yeah, even my husband remembers that. So, yeah, my, uh, I was involved with Mike Thomas, um, his best friend, Mark's friend, and... Um, and we were going to get married because I had been controlled <laughs> and I liked Mike. And, but he died of leukemia when he had two years sober. And then, uh, my husband and I got together just, you know, doing nothing. And then he went back out and I married 
uh, a guy I went to school with and trying to fix him. <laughs> and But I stayed sober. Doing, for me, I call it the whole package, which is service work and in AA. And I have a sponsor that helps me through the steps. I've been through the steps that's in our Alcoholics Anonymous book for more than four times. Um, and then through that, I have bought, found a higher power, which I call God. But I had not, you know, it just grew with my sobriety. Everything grew. And um, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I My worst day in AA is still better than my best day out there. And I had no good days out there. Um, I had brain surgery in 2017. Um, and then, you know, and I couldn't walk, couldn't talk. You know, I can feed myself. Um, I was in the hospital for six weeks. And the, uh, my husband's sponsor, my husband, my sponsor, and his grand sponsor, we had a meeting at my room. And I said, this is a hundred percent powerlessness where you can't even move. And, um, but they taught me to walk and talk and, uh, feed myself. And right now I am, I am not like I used to be, but I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I, you know, I told someone in the meeting a couple of days ago that for me, I do have the perfect life for me. <laughs> you know, um, I married my husband. He got out, uh, you know, because he relapsed. And we, God put us together at what's called Little Red House. And um, I had three kids. And the littlest one said, will you be my daddy? My mommy needs a dad, a uh, husband. No, we need a daddy. <laughs> you know, and, more, and both. You know, Emma and I are kind of like, oh, sorry, uh, we'll go have coffee sometime. And then my other one, who was about six, you know, said, we have coffee at our house. And my husband got there and there were a lot. <laughs> so we just got together and um, he is the man that I wanted 33 years ago, you know, and um, God just brought us together and we've been married for 17 or 16 years. He's been sober for 17. So, um, and through my, through watching him and stuff, I can, I can help others because my drug choice was alcohol only. And, uh, but with, through the years, I can help others, you know, with experience, strength and hope. And um, I still, no, go meetings. Um, and like I said, I'm very grateful. On uh, Thanksgiving, I fell on my back and broke a bone in my back. Um, but you know what? First thing I said was, I'm grateful. No, um, I was bed rested. I have four wonderful boys and four wonderful grandbabies. And I can be a grand, I can be a grandmother and a mother and a mother-in-law of 
me doing a whole package for me. Um, and that is uh, service, unity, um, and recovery, which is doing my, you know, staying in my program, going to meetings, and being in service. And since I moved here to Arizona, they got me in service, and I like that. Because I yeah. can't keep I can't well, keep myself sober. They keep me sober. By giving by being of service to others. Yes. Yes. And you just became a district, you're a district community member in Arizona. Yes. And they have you doing stuff all over Arizona now, don't they? Um, yes. I did well, I did call the delegate. Um which is the head person in Arizona. And she did ask me to do these two other service positions. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And you're giving back. And even with your medical conditions, your brain surgery, um, yes. and you've had a lot of medical conditions over the last few years too. Yes. Since I've been, um, since I've been sober in 2012, um, I uh, and doctors are good. Don't get me wrong, but now I pray for God to guide the doctors to help me. But in 2012, I totally trusted the doctor community, and I had what's called a mastoiditis of my ear behind my eardrum. And well, first half, I broke my foot in February of 2012 because I was resentful and I got in a fight with my sponsor, uh, which was my boss, <laughs> which didn't work out. But then I broke my foot. Then I had master diet in March of, March of 2012. And then um, that gave me... The doctor gave me rocephin, outpatient rocephin, that was killing me. It was killing my insides. And I would tell the doctors, the nurses, and they're like, that's, you just work too much. That's, you know, what you're supposed to do. And in about June, I was dying at the hospital. Um, One doctor came in. They had five doctors working on me that had no idea. They thought I had AIDS. I mean, they had no idea. But my body was shutting down. And so one doctor came in and said, get everything off her. Let her body heal herself. And that's one thing I found is, is, you know, is nutrition and all that because my body. You know, um, my body did heal itself, but from that I had pneumonia and uh, um, I can't remember, but the immune disorder. And then um, in 2014, they found that I had a cyst called the Dandy Walker syndrome. And that cyst uh, made a tumor that was um, pushing down on my tonsils and my brain pushing them out and I had brain surgery um but you know when I knew your brother and and my husband and Mike um I've always had this speech impairment like you can hear in me and I've always you know no balance or anything and that's because the cyst was on that I can't cerebellum or whatever cerebellum yeah yeah that would uh 
coordinates everything. And so I've always had this um, disability, you know, and so in school, I would tell everybody, oh, I know Spanish. That's why I speak with a certain, you know, whatever. And I lied and all that and drank and lied and drank and lied. <laughs> but yeah, so I've had, and so that made the tumor. Um, I have a void in my brain. Uh, my oh, my youngest who was. So you're saying where they removed the term tumor, mm-hmm. there's a void in that space. When they made a canal, they took out the cyst too. They took uh-huh. out the cyst and the tumor and made a canal for the uh, spinal fluid, I guess. And so I have a void. Yes. Yes. And uh, my youngest told me in 2017, he goes, Mom, that's um, a void. That is a void full of God's love. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Boom. So, Love it. Yeah. So I, I've seen pictures of you and and Terry G and or the hippie. We'll call him the hippie. Yep. Hippie. Yeah. That's what his dad called him, right? Yeah. And he was an honorary little bastard growing up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll let we're going to get him on here and let him tell that story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen pictures of all you guys together with the boys grown and yes, amazing. You guys have an amazing family. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very grateful for them and to be a mom, to be a grandmother, um, to be a mother-in-law. My daughter-in-law calls me almost every day and um, I can be helpful to her. No, they're not in AA. They're normies. Um, But, well, whatever normal is, but, you know, they're not like me. But they can, you know, call me and I babysit, you know, my grandbabies and I could be helpful where if I was drinking, I tried to have kids when I was drinking because I wanted someone to love me. You know, I had no idea that you have to be unselfish and thank goodness. Thank God. I did not get pregnant when I was out there Um, because this is what it's all about is loving them unconditionally and guiding them in the world. And, but before that, I was totally, it was all about me, 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 you know? And yeah, so I, I heard that you, was it true that you used to dance on bars? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even get paid for it. I would <laughs> go, and this is why, you know, my belief, my higher power has just grown because he has been there since I would go to in Boise, Idaho, I would go down with Bannock Street, you know, humping Hannah's and, and this biker bar and all this, get drunk and, and oh, I'm hot, you know, and I'd be dancing and all this. And I am so grateful that nothing bad happened to you, but I'm so disappointed I didn't get paid. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, yeah. Yep. I was a mean drunk because I was in fear. I was in fear of um, everything and everybody. So because I was in fear, I was uh, mad. And it was everybody else's fault, but not my fault. You know, 
um, you know, it was everybody else's fault why um, I couldn't handle my drinking, which I didn't realize until I stopped. You know, it was everybody's fault that I couldn't speak right. And, you know, I blamed everybody because I was in fear. And when I, even when I got sober, I, um, or they tell you not to get in a relationship for a year. Well, of course, I don't listen. So I got in a relationship with Mike and um, I was in so much fear that he would leave me that I had to control him. And I physically, mentally, um, and emotionally abused him. You know, and I did make my him and, and we did, I was there when he died, we're together. But um, yeah, and and Terry G, hippie, had, was his best friend, saw all. And I didn't like Terry. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what he that's what he told me. Yeah. Because he uh, he wanted Mike to leave me. She's crazy, which I was. I was like a bitch, you know. But um, but yeah, I and so basically all my feelings was fear. You know, I drank because of fear. I, you know, I, yeah. I mean, and then I, you know, I'm grateful that I could make my amends to mending my behavior verbally. I could make my amends and living amends to my mom and dad before they died in 2000. Um, my mom died of, in uh, May, uh, May 9th, and my dad died May 11th of 2000. And I, I'm grateful that I can make my amends. I'm grateful that I can go up in the AA meeting right after they die and say, I'm Lisa, I'm alcoholic, and I'm pissed off at God right now. And they don't, you know what I mean? They get me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And and my higher power is okay with that. You know, I can be mad at him and and he doesn't judge and um, he loves me anyway. And because the grace of God has given me everything. Um, I did write a book, but I'm going to get that published um, by the Christian Publishing. And so I'm doing little things. I can't work. I'm disabled. But I'm doing little things to make me feel good. And that I like that. Yeah, you're staying connected. Yes. How, tell us how important connection is. Isn't connection just like everything? It is everything. It is yes, um, and uh, yeah. It it is so helpful not to the only not to the only per to the other person, but yourself. It is so important to be connected um, with you know other sober people. Um, you know, like I said, I go meetings and I have nor you know I have my family connected and then um you, you know and and the community you know and being helpful i got my um covid test yesterday which was negative thank goodness boom, boom. yes and then it was like a four-hour drive-through and it was over three hours and i you know keeping a smile on and, and when i got up there i said thank you for your work 
know, because you never know what other people would go through, you know, and um, I, with this community, they are all old timers, older than me. I mean, so even though I'm not concerned about this, I don't want to harm them. You know, I want them to be around me for a long, long time. And, um, you know, and I like it. I, that's one other thing. We have principles in AA. We have traditions. We have steps. And our traditions, and this was made in 1939 with Bill W. Dr. Bob. And thank goodness, because I don't have to worry about the outside mess because if I worry about that then I'm in here with crazy Lisa you know and I'm focused I'm not focusing on helping others you know I don't watch the news you know I hear podcasts you know Terry listens to podcasts and and we listen to podcasts but we don't you know look at the outside stuff because we live it now and for what for me, I want to be helpful to others. You know? So you just moved from Utah mm-hmm. and you were really connected in that community. Yes. So then you just moved over here to Arizona. And then you so you've been able to just um, find the community over here and they get you, they understand you. We're all like-minded, yes. right? Yes. Yes. So yeah, that's the first thing I um First, when I move um, to wherever, you know, wherever the higher power takes my husband, because I follow my husband, and wherever he takes me, my higher power, that's the first thing I get into is AA, you know, and, you know, because of the grace of God, I think, you know, um, because I didn't want to get sober, you know, so. You want to take us through the steps a little bit? Sure. So the first step um, is I'm powerless over alcohol and I cannot manage my own life, which is so true. Um, The second, and for me, you know, they give me exercise for first step. Second step is believing in a higher power. And it can be any, all I need to do is be willing to believe. That's all it says, willing to believe. And then the third step is uh, make making uh, uh, my higher power uh, is making a choice. And the fourth step is inventory, and the inventory of my past, and mainly to find out what my part was, which would be fear, you know, or you know, I was afraid, so I did this. You know, I danced on tables because I, you know, whatever. You know, that was the fourth step. The fifth step is talking to someone, um, my sponsor, who is a closed mouth, you know, person, a woman, and um, God or a higher power. And then, um, you know, is talking about my wrongs. Because even though I know them, I have to you know, uh, talk about it and then find out what to do about it, how to make amends, if any. Um, and then the sixth and seventh 
actually together. It's being quiet and um, asking guidance to make my amends. Eighth step is a list of who I need and for what. And we have a little, a little uh, just like a paper of how to give it because some people won't take amends. You know, they'll say, oh, you F you or whatever. And I can just lift up my hands. I don't have to be angry or defend myself and walk away. You know, um, I'm cleaning my side of the street. That's what it is, cleaning my side of the street. And then uh, 11th step meditation. And that is just praying, meditating. And again, a, a nightly morning meditation, which is in our Alcoholics Anonymous book, and an evening review, which is in the Alcoholics Anonymous book. I write it down because I this head will mess it up. Um, and then the 12th step is um, it's just helping others. Is just, um, you know, um, helping others, getting in service more. I got, and for me, like I said, I got to do the whole package um, on a daily basis. And that's what you did when you got um, into Arizona. You got in with your local AA chapter and then you started being in service right away. Yes, yes. And that's why I said, I said, you know what? You guys don't need me, but I need you guys. You know, it's the unity. And that's the most important part, you know, is the, the people, you know? Well, that's what's so powerful about AA is because there's communities everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go. And like, even for my son, because he's decided to go the, the AA route, having the in-person meetings uh is really important to him yes and i'm very grateful because when this junk came in of the world covid yeah we still have so in small communities um we still have person-to-person -person meetings and then there's also zoom aa has um zoom meetings and all that and so um you know, so there's so many things that's, you know, out there and and in the technology. Well, that's, that's what that's what mm -hmm. COVID did. COVID yep. got people out of the rooms, onto the Internet. And um, I, I have links in SilvertownPodcast.com on the in the uh, uh, traditional AA resource section that lists. They're all over the world. 24 hours a day. Yes. Yes. AA meetings. 12-step meetings yes. Yes. and there's yes. in the UK, uh, you know, all over the United States, Canada. I mean, they're just everywhere. And it doesn't matter where you are. We can jump on a meeting right now somewhere and yes. be talking with people in Australia, right? If they're away. Yes. Yes. And that is wonderful because I, um, in Boise on Sundays, you know, I just found this senior sobers and I got on the Zoom and yeah, they're from Australia, the UK, people from, you know, and and that was awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, this uh, addiction is rampant. It's all over the world. And it seems like every 
every one of these every one of these governments they just they promote it instead of and so here we have this COVID running amok. There's I think there yeah. may be more people dying of of alcoholism or addiction every day than than COVID. But where's the battle there, right? So exactly we can't. It's our voices coming together with whatever uh, means we use to get sober. And it's going to be our voices that hopefully can maybe change these big money. I, I just was looking the other day, $1.5 trillion a year, Lisa. That's what their their profits are, $1.5 And they market us. And it's just, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I agree. And um, you know what? There are so many kids, 13-year-olds dying because of, what is it, fentanyl? Fentanyl, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is you're right. We got to put a stop to this addiction, you know, alcoholism and addiction, because I was an alcoholic before I picked up. Um, it goes, we have... Uh, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but, you know, we have these, uh, so alcoholism is physical, mental, and spiritual. So that's why people like me, there's different kinds of alcoholics. People like me, um, I need the physical, spiritual, and um, mental all together, the whole package to help me. And that's what I find in AA. Um, and it is so, um, this comes from generation to generation. And so, like I said before, I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother. I, I, I did not tell you I, real quick. I will tell you when I got sober. Okay. So I got sober. Okay. I went to a bar with my brother who, who drinks. Okay. Well, I'm a two-fister drinker. He's drinking. I drink a coffee and my brother used to drink with him and he didn't like this guy at all. His name was Jeff. And I just like to know, yeah, sure. Okay. Here comes another guy. And this was the last time I drinking. Here comes another guy. And my brother, you know, loved being with him because he drank, you know, he was drinking about it. So, Here's this guy talking to me, which I did, didn't even remember. All I remember is the mindful woman calls you in the morning. And um, and then here's the other guy. We all go to breakfast. And my brother asks this guy, his friend, hey, we're going to go breakfast with us. No, no, but I have to get home. Hey, that night, he went home to his grandmother's house and hung himself in the garage with a note to his grandmother and a note to my brother saying there's no hope. Hold the, next- the, the guy from the bar that night, uh, the next morning you guys are going out for breakfast. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, but the d- guy who was drinking with my brother, yeah, hung he, went, himself. he hung himself. The next morning, um, this lady calls me, Michelle, and says, do you want to go to a meeting tomorrow morning? Just don't drink today. And I oh, didn't think so I this was, was like, oh, the next, okay. This was the next morning after that. Yes. Yes. So, you know, that is what we need to do is and you, and you say didn't there know, is hope. And you didn't know it was AA. 
No, no, I had all I felt was warmth inside. You know that fuzzy feeling when you get a Christmas present or whatever. All I felt was warmth and family. I did not understand what it was. I did not know of AA. And because of that, going to a meeting every morning at 7 a.m. Oh, and then chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. And we would go next door to Moon's Cafe and I'll get a chocolate milkshake, you know, because um, the alcohol you need to, and the drugs, you need sugar to replace that. And I love chocolate. So, um, so that, you know, that was really traumatic, Lisa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, I mean, you're just partying with him. He leaves a note. There was no hope. And that's right. where, that's where this addiction brings us to hopelessness. Exactly. And we as adults need this or, you know, young, young adults, I was 20. If they have a good foundation and they do the deal, what I call the deal, then they can have kids and grandkids that know that there is a hope out there. If you were suicidal, there's a hotline out there. If you, you know, like you said, there's so many things out there. And well, Lisa, I'm, if, if my, you know, Mark, he loved writing stuff. Yes, down. he was I a writer. Him. If, um, if he would have had something like I'm involved with right now with I am sober or these other communities like boom, rethink uh -huh. before you drink, or these, these people are like, they do posts. Mm -hmm. Mark would have thrived in this kind of yes. situation because he'd, yes. he'd gotten sober with me. Well, we'd gotten sober many times over our lifetime. Um, and that's what I, I would love to get the word out about these communities because they're changing lives, right? Yes. And yes. whether it's AA or one of these other communities, it's just uh -huh. finding a way not to drink. Yes. 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 So, and it's wonderful. It is. So tell me a little bit about your family. How is that being present for, I mean, it's just wonderful being present, right? Uh, yes. I love it. I love it. So when I was 20 years old, when I got sober, I was single. I, you know, um, and I am so grateful that, and that I am sober with all this, even my ex-husband, you know, my ex-husband and Mike going through death. No, I went through death. And then I remember when I did realize I was an alcoholic, I would tell. Because Mike died of leukemia. Leukemia, yes. And I remember telling, uh, not asking God, but telling God, okay, I'll do this thing, but don't take away my parents. Because they were my safety net, because I was enabled. And when they died, I, it was still okay. I was okay. No, and. Yeah, so I am very, very grateful. And I love Arizona. <laughs> I love Arizona. But yeah, I am very, very grateful every single day. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine. And so I don't want to stop doing the deal because if I do, then I will, this head will justify not going to meetings or justify my anger. And that's what I did out there. 
So I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be helpful to everyone. And it, it for me, it restores my soul giving back. Yeah. I mean, that's I saw when Mark was over there with you and he came back and we all met at a meeting. I saw Mark and he was glowing, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, I we, used, we used to be down been. here with the, with the homeless, people mm-hmm. coming out of prisons. We were down, you know, working with the people coming out of prisons, out the streets, feeding the yeah. homeless. Uh, yeah. It was just a really cool thing. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we need because we need to look at when I was in Bruno, Utah, I took AA meetings into the jail and never been to jail, but I have lots of yes. So if I, if my head, if I stop going to meetings, if I stop doing the deal, then my head will take over and I will drink again. And I will it'll get worse, never better. But the thing is, is I went to take AA meetings in jail. And all those mothers have lost the kids. And because alcohol or any other drug is our number one. You know what I mean? And I'm doing, I'm, even though I got sober when I was 20 with, with no kids, I you know, I would say, if I go back out there, I will lose my kids, you know, because that's what we do. You know, alcohol or any other drug is our solution instead of finding these helpful things to fix this physical, mental, and spiritual, you know, then that's yeah, alcohol and drugs number one. And and when you're grown up like that, a lot of women that I talked to in the jail, um, they didn't know any other way because it's generation over generation over generation. And like I said, they lose their kids and they don't understand why. Well, no, I would lose my kids too if I drink again, you know, and and not to be resentful of the drug or alcohol, but find a know that I'm an alcoholic. I'm Lisa and I'm an alcoholic. And I am powerless over everything and I can't manage anything without doing the package, the whole deal, you know, and fix the physical, mental, and spiritual in my life. And I'll say this too, Lisa. Even if you didn't go out and drink, and even if you stepped away from what you're doing, uh-huh. you would still fall into old behaviors. And yes. you not lived. You're living a quality life right now. Yes. Um, people can count on you. They can depend on you. You can trust yourself. People can trust you. Um, when you get disconnected, you start losing all that. Yes. And when you isolate and you don't go out to the community, when you isolate and all this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you move into your own head. Exactly. And that's the person that got you into the mess anyway, right? Like Right, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. And if more of this is where people can learn and grow, because there's so many resources out there. You know, so many resources. People don't have to commit suicide. People don't have to you know, accidentally take the fentanyl, 
at little kids, you know? They just, a, just a few months ago, Lisa, we had a, um, a guy and he was in, he, he was in um, church on the street rehab when Mark went through uh -huh. named Dylan and Dylan, he had a heroin problem. So Dylan had got out and he had um, gotten off the heroin, turned his life around, remarried. Then he got in an accident at work and he broke his sternum. They put him back on opioids for the pain. Yeah. He, um, he got re-addicted to the opioids. Yeah. And when he went to get off of them, he couldn't. And instead of, instead of fighting through the addiction again, it was too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, he blew his head off. Yep. And he killed him because he was like the other guy that hung himself. He became uh -huh. hopeless and he didn't want right. to go through. Right. And all they want to do is shut off the head and solve the book. Yeah. I mean, and that is so sad. Through my, um, so I, through my brain surgery, and I'm so grateful um, that was at the UU because they controlled what they were giving me. Um, that I told, I tell every doctor, I tell dentists, whoever, I am a recovering alcoholic and addict, don't give me anything, especially morphine, because, oh, I get mean, <laughs> you know, and so, um, morphine makes you mean? Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> there's a psycho bitch, yep, yep, psycho bitch, Lisa, you know, but yes, and, um, um, so I tell them, and so the U of U, they have a doctor and then co-doctor, whatever, but they bring the little cart and they monitored the, the drugs they were giving me for the pain. And so I, one or two weeks prior li leaving the hospital, I was only on Tylenol. They winged you off or whatever you were on. And yeah. It was all managed really well. Yes. So, um, and, and that's what also our doctors need to know. You know, they need to know, hey, don't give them opiates and say, see ya. You know, if they're an addict or, you know, if they're in recovery, it doesn't matter how much time you have, you know. And, and it's, our, it's our responsibility to tell the doctor, hey, I, yes. had, I had an issue with drugs, so I, I didn't yes. manage this right. Exactly. So I had I had a doctor in Vernal, the only doctor I trusted was my pain management, and I miss him. Um, he would bring his colleagues in to say, you know what, talk to her about addiction. You know what I mean? Because he knew uh, he wasn't one of us. He was a, a Mormon, what you call it, bishop, I uh, guess, but. And he didn't bring that in his, his profession, but he didn't know. So he brought the colleagues or interns or whatever to come talk to me about addiction and alcohol. So, and they need to have knowledge of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your future? What are you guys doing? Um, I am just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? Like I Isn't said, that amazing, Lisa. I mean, here you are. You've had all these uh, men, the, uh, 
illnesses, the, the brain surgeries falling down your ankle, them almost killing you with medications, right? Yes. yes. Um, all this stuff and look at you, you're loving life. I am. I love it. And I do a gratitude list every day. I'm so grateful. I mean, I mean, Terry, my husband, you know, because he does the deal and he was way out there, you know. Oh, yeah. To see him then and to see him now, it's and, and, and working to support his family is wonderful. And I can just, you know. But not only um, so, does he work to support his family, he's involved with you both. You guys know where yes. all the, I mean, you guys are really deep into AA. I mean, yes, we you are. know where conventions are and, you know, yes. everything that's going on. Uh, most people just know other colleagues or other friends that are in yeah. But you you guys are deep. Um, yeah. And you're both giving back together. Yeah. And I love it. And like I said, here's a husband I always wanted. When, you know, and when I got sober and I got him <laughs> not knowing, you know, so, yeah. And so I'm just having fun. I mean, I sell Avon. I sell Pure Man just to have fun and make other women feel good, you know. And then I wrote a book and whenever I get that published, I get that published. You'll have to let me know the names so that I, I can get it, too. Okay, yeah. Well, the Christian publishing has it, and they, I just, you know, of course it costs money to publish it. So I'm just waiting to do that. And, you know, whatever, I guess whatever life puts in front of me that, you know what I mean? I'll do. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I am, I'm so grateful. I babysit my um, grandbaby, um, and I, um, you know, my, I, my, like I said, my daughter-in-law calls me every, every other day, just to vent, and yeah. I can listen, you know, I love it. And they trust you. Yes. And then when you go to these meetings, others can trust you and your advice too. Yes. It's a, yeah. a, a far cry from when you can trust yourself upon that, dancing up on that bar. Uh, exactly. Way back in the days, huh? Yeah, exactly. And you know what's so funny is, so when I graduated school, um, high school, I was, well, I was in drama. And because I'm a drama queen, I'm a drama <laughs> queen. So, of course, I love drama. And so I got in drama. And um, my friend and I had this plan of going to Hollywood, being actresses. You know, and then it was so funny is um, I that was fame, the movie fame and all that came out. Anyway, I'm doing my research. And I'm like, damn, these, it's not easy being an actress. So I'm like, and I didn't worry about food where I would live. I want, I didn't want to be without my alcohol. So I didn't do it. I went to college in Boise, Idaho, and they asked me to leave because I did more. I got an A in drinking. <laughs> oh, it. over at BSU, huh? Yep, yep. And then I did go back to BSU, and I did graduate with a child development um, uh, degree, associates, associates degree. 
Wow. Amazing. So at, Amazing. Yeah. So, so when I was drinking, of course, I would get an F in everything but alcohol. And then when I got, well, when I got together with Terry, um, he looked, you know, with him working, I didn't have to be a single mom and work three jobs. And so I could uh, go back to school. So I went back to school um, and got my associate's degree. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. And then it, uh, when I moved to Vernal, because I love learning, um, I got a certificate in, in fact, I walked down the aisle, the graduation aisle, right after surgery uh, wow. with my little walker. Yeah, I got after the, my- After the brain surgery? Uh-huh. I got certificates in um, techno, um, accounting technology and administrating support and administrating whatever. Wow. <laughs> but I love learning. And then when I went back, they're like, nothing else. <laughs> so- and that's all these things sobriety brought you. Yes. Yes. I am so grateful. Yes. Yeah. And I'm grateful that uh, the hippie found you too. Because <laughs> he needed a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. He's a one. Uh, yeah. Like I well, said, he's going to have to tell you that in his story. <laughs> yeah. He's literally, he's not the same guy he was when we were younger. And you yeah. know, him and, my brother, he went to his first AA meeting with my brother. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. Lisa, thank you very much. Thank you you're for coming welcome. on here. Tons of love to you. I got to get over there and see you guys since you're in Arizona yes. now. And like and the hippie and I were talking, we just need to get our families and go camping. Yes. That sounds wonderful. That yeah. sounds wonderful. Is there and, one, anything and, else yeah. you'd like to say? Uh, before we close? No, I just want to say that, you know, anytime I can be helpful to you or anybody else, let me know. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let me know because I really enjoyed this. So thank you because you have helped me. <laughs> thank, so well, that's thank what you. we do. We that's, give back to each other, right? That's it's, right. It's a give, give, give thing. It's just, it's yes. amazing. Yes. Right, everybody. Thank you very much. This is a Sobertown podcast. Thank you for joining Lisa G and I. And remember, pour the poison down the sink.